0: Moment for Taylor Davis. First Major League home run. Show and go with Taylor Davis, Bryce Harper, and the outlying teams. The Pittsburgh Pirates have been awesome. The Chicago White Sox have been a very, very far from awesome. So we're gonna talk about uh, both those situations and Bryce Harper coming back. Um, if he gets cleared by doctors, we're talking on Sunday night. If he gets cleared by doctors uh, on Monday. So yesterday um, he will be in the lineup today against the LA Dodgers, which is just insane. 160 days post TJ. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, Taylor is still in Bradenton. He will fly back home for the birth of his second kid on Wednesday, which is super exciting. You, like, is it nervous excitement or is it just excitement, excitement?
1: Oh. I think I was nervous and anxious for, um, when Brooks was born.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it was just nervous cause I didn't know what to expect. Wow. Um, now, no, it is pure excitement. I am so incredibly excited. Um, I'm excited for many reasons. One of which being I'm excited for my wife to be done being pregnant because I know that is not easy. And you know, the, the women that do it, I, there's so much to you guys. I, you know, Every my mom always tells everybody this joke because she thinks it's the funniest thing she's watched. But as soon as my wife gave birth, I mean, as soon as Brooks was out, the doctor was holding doctor was holding him. I like looked at uh, my wife had to let my mom and my mother in law in the room with us. And I looked at my mom and my mother in law, and of course, you know our the uh, the OB that delivered was um, a female. Our nurse was a female. I think I was the only male in there. But yeah. I look all the way and I go, if you don't respect women, I don't, after watching that, I don't know what in the world you're, doing. <laughs> uh, but man, I'll tell you, it is a, it's an incredibly um, humbling experience to watch your wife be pregnant because it is just such an unbelievable uh, feat of strength in my opinion. And and just a- everything they do, it, it fascinates me. Um, I'll get off that ramp, but I No, just but like dis-
0: you can't opt out. You can't take a breather from being pregnant. Like you just, you're like that all the time. I'm with you. And I love that. Taylor Davis noted women respecter. I'm so in.
1: I am about as big of an equalist as you will find in, in just about everything. My big thing is I think if you limit yourself, no matter what you're doing, if you limit yourself by any demographic, I think you're taking away chances that you find the best person for that situation. So I don't think you should ever do that.
0: Um, Have you thought about running for office? Like that's something that can get you elected right there.
1: Did you never watch my Taylor for mayor in, uh, in Des Moines?
0: I never watched it. I knew that that was a bit that you did, but I I never got the video.
1: There's watch. watch, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I did. but no, but, uh, so back to it. Yeah, I'm ready for my wife to be done being pregnant because I know she's ready to be done being pregnant. Um, Not that she's super great, not super grateful, but uh, she's she's ready to have a little baby girl. So, yeah, it's exciting.
0: And you're going to walk in the delivery room and you're going to like stretch your arms and say, yeah, I've done this before. I'm a tried and true vet. We're good.
1: The first the first thing I said, as soon as the nurse walked in uh, during labor, I go, OK, I'm really going to have to catch myself here, guys, because. The one piece of advice that I got going into going into it was just don't make jokes. Just whatever you're doing, don't make jokes. Yeah, Yeah. they they you just they can't laugh like that's not. And I tell you what, as I hadn't been joking the whole day, as soon as I said that, it was like I turned into freaking Dave Chappelle. (laughs) I I just couldn't stop, and then I got anxious and nervous about it. So then I just kept going. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah so like my my girlfriend like hates when i you know like make light of every situation ever like that's just how i do shit right like i make jokes about everything so yeah i feel like when i when i hit that uh type of situation that's gonna be really hard and i'm probably better if i just like shut up like shut up hold your hand and that's it
1: i i tried <laughs> <laughs> <Didn't do it. laughs>
0: that's so sad all right let's talk about Bryce Harper here moving to the baseball Harper is 160 days post Tommy John surgery he got it after the Phillies were bounced from the World Series and this dude we've seen video of him taking BP on field we've seen video of him taking reps at first base and then this story drops from Matt Gelb who's the Phillies writer at the athletic he said Bryce Harper is seeing the doctor on Monday morning if he's cleared, he is expected to return to the Phillies lineup Tuesday night at Dodger Stadium, 160 days after Tommy John surgery. No rehab assignment needed for Bryce. He had one last year. He raked in Lehigh Valley. I like. I just replied, and I said, this brother is superhuman. I mean, he is unbelievable. I don't think the human body is built to come back from that in that short of time period. This guy transcends that physically, um, but I mean, he's done several things since going to Philly. Like, Washington, obviously, that MVP year was awesome, and the Rookie of the Year was awesome. But since he's gone to Philly and had that rough year one, he's done, like, the stuff of legends there. And, and this guy is, I mean, one of the faces of this baseball generation, I think.
1: And you're not wrong. And let me Let me start just a quick comment on... It was a down year year one in Philly, but it really wasn't a down year. Yeah. And, and and I say that not lightly because I think another guy that had a similar situation was Nolan Arenado. His first year in St. Louis was under what Nolan typically does, but it was still a productive year. Like, what do you got? What was Bryce's year that year?
0: If Bryce had an 880 OPS and people hated him. He played 157 games and had an 880 OPS.
1: And like the reality of that, of that is, is that if he has an 880 OPS, for the entirety of that contract, the Phillies made money in that contract. Yes. So, uh, But anyway, but uh, going back, man, I I think that it just says so much about Bryce Harper as, as a leader. And I think that the the thing that I think that you've seen since he left Washington is we've learned about a lot about Bryce Harper, the person Um, we've, we've learned that um, we've known that he wanted the spotlight, right? He was on sports illustrated when he was 12. Like the spotlight was never a question. The question was, um, you know, was he going to be the leader that you thought he could be when he needed to be? Gosh, that was an awful sentence. <laughs> um, but, but no, I, that that's what I take from this is that you're seeing the kind of leader that this is like old school baseball leader stuff. Like, I, like this is obviously an exaggeration, but it's it's Kirk Gibson' stuff, right? It's like I'm willing. I know that at my ninety fifth percentile, I'm good enough to help this team win. I want to help this team win. but I also want to let the other guys around this clubhouse see this because yes. I'm gonna yeah. be here a long time, and this is what I want to promote.
0: so here's the thing that jumps out to me. I love that point where he's almost like that throwback team leader. He's that throwback team captain. This dude, is probably the best example of badass that we have in baseball man i mean showing up in those big moments like you're talking about right he craved the big stage he got the big stage last year he hit the homer to send them to the world series this guy was the nlcs mvp last year bryce harper was utterly incredible in the postseason when it mattered most we've seen them make a couple of runs 2021 and 2022 where Harper is having this out-of-body experience for like months on end to single-handedly carry the Phillies into postseason contention. right? They didn't get there in 21, but then they got there and got to the World Series in 22. So I think in terms of playing as a leader, he shows it best. But something like this, man, I look at this, I look at this story, and even if he isn't clear, I look at this story and I'm like, this dude pushed himself. Harder than maybe any position player who has ever had Tommy John to get back on the field. You know he be- yeah.
1: He's on the team with a guy that arguably made the biggest jump of an injury in, in, in modern times in the history of the game and Kyle Schwarber playing in the, in the world series in, in, yeah. in 2016. And not only did he play in the world series, he was good, very good in the world series. Um, And so you've got that kind of guy there. Also, it's a a great atmosphere. Uh, You know, one thing that I think that Bryce has done that I didn't expect, like I thought Bryce was going to be the flashy guy, the guy. And he was for a little bit in Washington, right? A little bit. There's a video of TCU in like 2011-ish, 11 to 14, somewhere in that range. They did like a hype video for their baseball team. And the title of that hype video was "Quiet Confidence," and that's such a powerful phrase for me. But that is Bryce Harper. To me, that is Bryce Harper doesn't say a word when he hits a walk-off home run. He drops the bat because he knows he should have done it. And you you see all those videos of him. Like I do think he was in awe a little bit when he hit the when he hit the home run. For sure. But I don't think it was kind of expected of himself.
0: I love that point. And I think quiet confidence is the best way to put it. And I think that's why a lot of people hated him in the early goings of his career, right? Because, oh, he's a jackass. Why? Did he say something that pissed you off? No. Like, he he knows he's really good at baseball and he shows that he's really good at baseball. And I think that's why people hated him. Um, Machado, like, there were signs of immaturity when he was in Baltimore. And I think Machado and Harper were branded together as the deviant children of that era and trout was like the gold standard trout's the gold standard for sure like he's mickey mantle but harper like i don't think harper and machado were the same guy coming up i i think the machado did show like concrete signs of immaturity with things that he said with the way that he handled himself i think like bryce harper was a quote-unquote hated character by the baseball fan base because he knew he was really good at a really young age
1: I think they, I'll be honest with you when it comes to the face baseball fan base, I think they were similar. Like a lot of people really didn't like the Josh Donaldson stuff that happened in, in Baltimore. There were a couple other incidents like that. Now, everything that I've heard about Manny, I you know, I've liked, I've, I've played with plenty of his um, friends and cousins, but um, you know, I, I actually, I'll disagree with you there a little bit because I actually really did think they were really, really similar players um when they were coming out they i think the i thought that like the biggest difference was going to be where the team needed somebody but like i thought if you were a team that needed a third baseman and a corner outfielder i i think that that's a very i think that was a legitimate tough question on which one do you go for Do Um,
0: do you think they were disliked by the baseball fan base for this for similar reasons feels like Harper um, was disliked.
1: I think, I think Manny, I think Manny had a little more like um aggression in there that people didn't like. Like there was a little more fight in Manny than there was in Bryce. Like Bryce had some incidents, right? But like the incident with Hunter Strickland was was at, was at least relatively um made sense. Like they yeah. they kind of went at it, it was whatever. Uh the incident with Papelbon, I don't think that was his fault, so I'm not going to say it was his fault. So like I think more of the Manny stuff is the Josh Donaldson stuff. It's the yeah. sliding yeah. stuff. It's it's that kind of stuff. Um, Bryce's was more like he's going to hit a home run. And he's going to watch it a little bit too much. The minor league Bryce was three years younger than every guy in his league and ki- blowing kisses to the pitcher as he's as he's rounding the plate. That was what people didn't like about Bryce. Yeah. And and hopefully I'll be honest with you. Like if he's doing that in the big leagues right now, I don't like him either. So. Yeah. Um, he, but he's not. And I think that I don't know what happened to him. Um, but maybe, maybe when he signed that big deal, like the pressure was finally off, right? Like he had never had no pressure his entire life. And then now finally we get an opportunity. I don't have to work for that anymore. I got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it- I love, I love that perspective on it. Um, and, and I think, you know, like the, the big term in sports right now is him. Like I'm him with a capital H um, a lot of guys say I'm him about themselves. If you say that you're him, you're not him. I think Bryce Harper can prove that he is him because he doesn't have to say it. Does that make any sense?
1: That makes that makes complete sense. But and I think that we should have like a bracket. We should make a bracket of guys that could be him. In our league and we'll go guy by guy and break it down but
0: otani wins but
1: <laughs> what'd you say
0: otani wins but
1: no i don't know if we're talking about not we're not talking about best player we're just talking about i'm him yeah. about, i'm him bryce is up there for me i'm not saying he's a he's a he's a lock in but like man because he does it on both stages right I'd love to say Randy Rosarena, but he's not Bryce Harper in the regular season. Yeah. You know, you'd love to say if Clayton Kershaw could do what he does in the regular season in the postseason, it's Clayton Kershaw. Right. Anyway,
0: I'm with you. Um, All right. Surprise good, surprise bad. Let's start with the surprise good, an organization that you know really well as a current coach uh, at the complex in Bradenton. The Pirates are the best team in the National League record-wise for the first month of the season. I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card, except maybe the guys in that clubhouse. Um, I don't think Ben Charrington, the GM, was expecting that they were going to be first place in the NL Central at this point. Um, they are the outlier, right? They were expected to improve on last year, but they were in a 100-loss team last year. <laughs> now they're 20-8, and uh, 20-9 after a loss to D.C. on Sunday this team has like some sort of infectious energy right now and it's portrayed in several different situations and we'll talk about the drew Maggi situation i also want to hit the big bats in the lineup and the the big guys in the starting rotation of the bullpen right now so let's start with the Maggi thing because i thought that was perfect this weekend they take two or three they sweep a doubleheader on saturday and drew Maggi. Um, gets his first big league hit. The guy's 33 years old. He had nearly 1,500, um, or sorry, 4,500 minor league plate appearances. Would that make sense?
1: 1,155 games, I believe.
0: That's incredible. That, I think, was perfectly emblematic of the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: That's a, that's a really cool moment, man. He was a guy, you know, the funny thing about Drew Maggi for me is he holds a lot of respect in my heart, man. We're going to get him on the pod, but – I'll I'll be honest. I'll be completely honest with you. Like, I hated playing against Drew Magic. He's the guy that you play against that you don't like. And everybody that had played with him said, hey, I know that. But he's the guy that when you get to play with him, you love him. You want him on your team. And sure enough, that's the case. You can see why this guy gets a job every year. Um, ultimate professional. So cool. You know, a, a lot of guys that knew him were really excited when he got called up in Minnesota, and and just were also as shocked and perplexed that he didn't get an opportunity there um, when when he did get activated. But so happy for him that he could that he could finally get that uh, that milestone, and and you know really be able to to put that away. You know, he's a big leader forever. Um, it, it's such a cool thing, and it's. It's an opportunity that an organization took to show the rest of their organization that if you do things the right way, you can get to the big leagues and you can live your dream. And that's extremely important. And you saw that a couple of times last week. Cody Bolton's a guy that, as you know, um, between our talks, like I, I think Cody Bolton is as slept on in that system as, as potentially anybody in baseball is in their own system. I think stuff wise, that guy is, is, uh, is really, really talented. So I hope he can stay on the field and, and keep getting outs, but same thing you know Cody does a lot of stuff right and they were able to uh you know give him an opportunity
0: they had three feel-good call-ups this week the Pittsburgh Pirates and like I think it would hit different if they were nine and 20 but they're 20 and nine you have Bolton coming up who missed all of 2020 with COVID missed all of 2021 with a knee injury and I was talking to Miguel Perez who was his manager in Indianapolis about Bolton and he was like yeah, I was supposed to have him in Altoona. He wasn't there. So, like, this guy has shown resilience. And Miggy said, I was really excited to deliver that news to him because I knew that, you know, like, he worked his ass off to, to do it, to get there. So, that was great to see Bolton do that. And that's a guy that was a starting pitcher pretty much all the way through midway point of last year um, and is now in a short inning relief role. And he is stuff is dialed up, man. Like, it's great um Miguel Andujar got back to the big leagues that was awesome they selected his contract he was a minor league free agent he was not on the 40-man roster tearing the cover off the ball in triple got the call up hit a homer in his first game at the big league level in 2023 um and then you've got the magic thing so I think like there's something about that organization right now do you think it's the the cast of characters that they've got in that organization do you think they just have this unreal mojo through the first month? Like what's going on with the Pittsburgh Pirates?
1: First, I I love that Andrew Hart got called up because I think he didn't hit a homer the, in the first game. He got called yeah, up too. Did. Yeah. But let's be honest, he was in the minor leagues a total of what two weeks. He finished a year in the big leagues last year. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like it was really that long of a layoff. Right. It wasn't through magic getting eleven 1, hundred and fifty-five games in. Right. Uh, anyway, I had to I had to give you a hard time there. Fair. Uh, But, uh, but no, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. I think you have a lot of people playing the game the right way. I think you have some coaches that are teaching the game the right way. And I think that there are a lot of position players doing stuff right. uh, And and a lot of pitchers that are, that are really dialing in and doing their jobs. Um, You know, it's a good month. Like, let's see. And I think I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure that's the message, right. Is like, love this. Tomorrow's May 1st. Like, you get through May doing something, you know. Obviously, unsustainable to go twenty and eight every month through the season, right? But like, you have a good month in in May, and and the Pirates are, are a real conversation. They're the Oriole, they're the they're the Orioles of twenty twenty three. So, um, you know, we've talked about it. Like, they have a lot of really good controllable pieces, and they have more on the way. And I think that by locking down Brian Reynolds at an extremely team-friendly rate, you are now going to give yourself the opportunity to go do some real stuff and go get some people, man. I think that, um, you know, I think it's been mentioned that there's some more extensions on the horizon and I very much think you're going to see a couple starters get thrown. I think Rowanzie and Mitch could probably see something. Um, I mean, to lock those guys down as as a one-two is, um, you know you wouldn't have to spend too much to do that
0: right. right especially catching Contreras pre-arb I think you could do it in like a Kiebert Ruiz style way where you're you know seven for 50 or something like that right eight for 55 oh,
1: would, that be a, would Lance McCullers be a similar comp for either of those two where was he go see where he was when he signed that extension
0: yeah, Lance McCullers. I think he's making around fifteen right now. Uh, it was
1: something at like fifty-five, I thought, or sixty-five.
0: Lance uh, McCullers was five years, eighty-five.
1: No, so he's neither of those two. Can he, Mitch get that?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: With a good half. I don't sign know. It, sign at the sign at the All Star break.
0: Is he in his final? Is he in his final year pre-arb? He is in his final oh, year pre-arb. No
1: buying out you'd be buying
0: out two years of open market at five years
1: three years of open market at five years
0: right oh he's a free agent after the 26 season i do believe no after the 25 season so you would be paying for 24 25 and
1: then no you're right 24 25 and then three seasons because you've already paid him this year
0: yeah you've already paid him this year good call yeah so you'd be paying for Arb two Arb three and three years off the market
1: we made one something this year let's say he has a really good year and he makes four next year puts him in line to potentially have a good year and make I mean eight which puts him at 12 so that would be a three-year 70. no that's a little high
0: that's yeah that's
1: high I I could see like
0: I could see five, five for so 65. Five
1: five at 70 with two options with two team options
0: yeah that would make some sense to me
1: i would do that and i think i would do that would be that would be two years at 12 in arbitration we're assuming and then 58 divided by three that might be a little high still
0: yeah that's 58 divided by three is around 18
1: 45 57 let's say five years 60 yeah
0: yeah, five for sixty. And and Rowanzi, I mean, he's still very much so pre-ARP. So you could probably get like a seven year deal done with him.
1: And I have to do a seven year deal with him. Yeah. Have to do a seven at sixty. Yeah. Seven at seventy. I think they're both I think both sides would probably be happy seven at seventy.
0: So Kebrian Hayes did eight at seventy in the same at the same point in his career that Contreras would be. Eight for 70 for a platform. Yeah, I, I think
1: Rowanzi, you know, I think Rowanzi um can give you more value. I would I would give Rowanzi more money than Brian. I would think.
0: Wow. You think so?
1: Starting pitching is is so much is is the most valuable thing in baseball.
0: But it's also the most I don't want to say volatile, but like it's also the riskiest play. You know what I mean? <laughs> Relievers. Relievers are – I mean, uh, yeah. But pitching is just – I, I don't
1: think starters are – I don't think starters are as risky. Um, But you're – I mean, you're not wrong. that You don't have a huge sample size here. Yeah. Um, But same thing. If we're talking about like at the half, let's say we talk about the half. Because if we talk about at the half, then we're talking about like about a year and a half of really good results yeah, for O'NZ. If they're good – I, I could lock him in. He's, a, he's so young. That's the other thing. He's like, 23. He's so young, and the stuff is so good, that worst-case scenario, he gets put in the bullpen. It's Wade Davis.
0: Right. Yeah, Rowanzi is 23 years old. You'd be buying out two pre-arb years, three arb years. I mean, you could get seven for 60, I think, seven for 65.
1: I think, I think seven at 70 with two team options.
0: Wow. We just locked up Mitch Keller and Roy Contreras. What do you make of the start that Jack Sawinski's had? I mean, Sawinski's OPSing Uh, over a thousand. It feels like this guy has made a change in his approach. Like he's still swinging and missing. Like that's kind of his game. He's got a lot of juice. He's not swinging as often at all. He's not chasing much and he's pouncing on pitches within the strike zone. Um, what do you think of Sawinski as the player moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to like. I think a lot of the background data points to him being a really good player in this league for a long time. Um, he hits the ball really hard, and I think that they saw that last year. You saw as a rookie that wasn't even there all year. That what he hit 19. Um, I
0: think so and like he struck out a bunch, and I think he, he yeah, hit under 200
1: so, you know, strikeouts. Now strikeouts are not. They're just, as we know, like, that's not even a thing anymore. Like, I don't even care, especially if you're a guy that hits homers. If you're a guy that hits homers, I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah. Especially if you're hitting in a 280 clip. I really don't care if you're not even walking.
0: Right. He hit 202. He had a 710 OPS. But now he's hitting 297. Yeah.
1: I don't know that you see that. I think that might be – a little bit higher than the peak, but um, I don't think 200 is the hitter either. Like, but I do think he's a guy that could be a prolific home run guy. And I think that it's a guy that they could have potentially found an absolute diamond in the rough to go in that outfield with Brian Reynolds. I mean, there are just so many pieces um, that, that, that they have that are interchangeable too, you know, like, all th- these three outfielders are going to be able to play all three positions. The infielders are going to be able to move around. You have guys that are going between the infield and the outfield that are not role players that are mid- Rodolfo Castro is hidden in the middle of the lineup and he's, he's playing. Yeah. I mean, you got G1 Bay, who is as who has a potential to be as much of a game changer as anybody in that lineup who's playing shortstop and second base. He's, you know, there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot to like about this team. For sure. But like I said, probably unsustainable. I'm sure Andrew McCutcheon is having a big part in this. Rich Hill, getting those kinds of guys in the clubhouse is so beneficial, not only for not only for just the young guys, but for morale in general. Um, having leaders like that is important. So it'll be cool to see them finish, uh, you know, continue this. Um, But, you know, I I do think it's the sign of a new wave. I don't think – I'm not saying that they're even going to finish over 500 this year. I don't know. I hope they do. Um, I hope they win the World Series. But um, I do think it's the sign that, hey, like, we're moving in the right direction.
0: It it is so cool to see the talent actually show for the Pirates because I think they're in a different spot than a lot of the teams that were picked near the bottom of the league this year, right? Like, Kansas City has an exciting – Possibility of what could become in that lineup? They've got no starting pitching. Oakland is a mess. DC's Washington's a mess, but Pittsburgh like has talent everywhere. They're just young.
1: It's it's Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Arizona. I think Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a little bit farther than the other two, and I think that Pittsburgh's in the middle. I think that Baltimore is a little more advanced. I think that Arizona is a little bit younger and deeper, and I think Pittsburgh is right in that middle ground where you've got a couple guys, a couple guys with a couple years, you've got a couple guys that are had a, had a taste last year and are in full year one, and you've got a couple guys that are still trying to make a name for themselves.
0: Do you know how cool that is for like Pirates fans to hear? that they're grouped with Baltimore and Arizona. Cause those are teams that are like getting national recognition for, I mean, Corbin Carroll was the top prospect in baseball. Baltimore had two top prospect in baseballs on their team. I mean, this is crazy that we're, we're grouping Pittsburgh in here, but they've done the work to be in that grouping.
1: And we're talking about a Pittsburgh team without, I, I want to say, undoubtedly I can't because of Brian Reynolds, but outside of that the best player on the team yeah o'neal cruz is going to miss four months and this team is still winning now i do think that's going to play a role yeah and you know my fandom for o'neal cruz will this is not the last time you're going to hear this on the pod because i do believe that of every player that i've watched he has the potential to be the best player that i've ever seen um him and adley rutschman but in such different ways right um and I just, you know, and, and they're both so fun to watch. That's what I love, is because a baseball fan can have fun watching Adley because he is super fundamental. You yeah. can tell that his dad was a college baseball coach. And then you get O'Neill that just does everything so freaking good and so cool. And he's massive. Right. And he goes the ball so hard. Like it's such such the the two polar opposites. Um but anyway, you're talking about a team that's 20 and 8 without that guy. Yeah. That guy and that guy was leading off. Yeah. I believe Jack, this is this is the hottest take I've had on the pod to this point. Mark it down. I got O'Neal hitting 50.
0: At some point in his career, you've got him hitting 50.
1: I got him hitting 50.
0: All right. We'll revisit this in 2029 when he does it for the third time.
1: That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, and, and for the people that haven't seen it, just go watch videos of this guy hit hit the baseball. Yeah. It is, it is unlike anything you have ever seen before, and I've watched a lot of baseball. Yeah.
0: Now the bat. Um, the White Sox are – let's see. Do they come back and win on Sunday? Yeah. Um, the White Sox did win 12-9. Sound the alarms. They're 8-21. They took down the now 23-6 and Tampa Bay Rays. The White Sox are a dumpster fire right now, which is maybe putting it lightly. Um, I'm sure you saw the thing about Luis Robert, who apparently had tight hamstrings but didn't tell anybody, and he's pulling up. First pitch of the game. Yeah. um, I'm not sure if that's the case, Luis Robert. Um, you got the TV analyst for the White Sox hopping on local radio saying that Lance Lynn needs to eat more salads to improve his cardiovascular endurance. You didn't see that?
1: I did. Yeah. I I mean,
0: this is like Rome has fallen, man. Like Moncada and T.A. still on the I.L. Eloy Jimenez was hitting under 200. Um, I mean... The, this the white, is just the, a white
1: House, the White Sox are the American League Mets it's not the White House has fallen like the White House was never erected uh, and I don't get it I don't it's just one of those things man where like I remember seeing I think it was last year like historically the the entire organization of Chicago as long as there has been a white Sox team, the franchise was like 500. At the time that they were 500, they had hit like the 500 mark in the season. And at that time, they had also hit like the 500 mark in the month. It was like they are just built to be mediocre mm-hmm. and they can't get out of their own way. Because I'll tell you, man, we've talked about this. They're like the talented team that just can't put it together. They're as talented as, as so many rosters, at least on the position player side. There is some real talent there. There's some money there. Um, but clearly there is an issue there. I don't know if it's a culture thing, but there is an issue.
0: The, the way that I put it via text with a buddy was that y- you see the positive that can come out of the pre-arb extensions with Atlanta – those can backfire and it looks like the Chicago White Sox.
1: See, I don't I don't think that though. I don't. And let me tell you why. When you all when you Mankata's on the field, he's performing.
0: But do you think he's a $19 million guy next yeah. year?
1: Go 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 look at go look at his tell me. Go look go pull him up. He is so an-
0: hot and cold. His career numbers are so hard because one year he's really good, next year he's really bad. And that's like a tried and true pattern throughout the course of his career
1: give me like the 162 average
0: all right Yoan moncada over 162 i'm telling you odd years moncada has been really good even years he's been terrible uh in his eight year career moncada is a 250 hitter with a 760 ops um 34 doubles 21 homers striking out 200 times
1: yes i'm giving that guy a three a three-year 60 million dollar deal if he can play a legitimate third base shortstop and second, a legitimate third base and second base. And then if I have to have him at shortstop, I can put him there. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. Now, is that ideal? No, but I do think a big reason that those numbers are like that is because of the injuries. Yeah. Um, but like the other two, same thing. Eloy can't stay on the field, but when he's on the field, he's doing all right. And, and Luis Robert is, has, has definitely been okay.
0: Yeah. Moncada, I'm looking at the war total.
1: The early extensions are the issue. there. like when I think early extension that doesn't work, I think I think of Evan White doing it. I think of John Scott- Singleton Scott- Kingery Scott- doing yeah. it, um, and even Kingery to me isn't a bust, right? Like he got a couple years before it fell through. Like I think the White Sox are getting their value out of those deals. Either way, is what I'm getting at. Hmm. I think the optics are bad because, like you said, Atlanta's doing this, getting the wins. They're not doing this and winning. Obviously, optically, it's not great.
0: Yeah. What do you make of the Luis Robert thing? And I'm sure you watched the video. Like, it it was a little chopper to the third base side of the mound. Fauche started. He was an opener for Tampa. He pops off, throws it over, and you see Robert. Like, it's not like he's walking out of the box. Like, he puts the bat down and, like, jogs. But then he like almost slows into a walk right before he hits the bag and he's thrown out by a step even while walking. Um, What did you make of that?
1: I think it's something that almost every baseball player does. First pitch of the game, he was pissed off that he hit the ball back to the pitcher and um, he didn't expect there to be an error. And, you know, it's one funny thing that you'll hear, and I'm sure you've heard around the field, but the ball will find you, man. The one time that you don't run – you're gonna get exposed. The one time you don't back up the base, it gets caught. The one time you don't do your pre-pitch setup correctly, the ball's coming to you. The one time you're out in the outfield and you don't want to be out in the outfield, the ball's coming to you. So I, 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 I kind of feel for him. Uh, I, you know, it's not a, if if Pochet makes a, a fine throw, we're not talking about this. Yeah. We're talking about it because the throw wasn't great and it was almost. Uh, or the play wasn't great and it was almost safe. Um, But I think the reality is that most guys, most big leaguers are probably going to take that base to first base. Unfortunately, Um, it's not a great look. And it's not a great look for a team that's nine and 20.
0: Right. That, that was my takeaway from that. Like it certainly is not a problem that is unique to Luis Robert. He just got, you know, exposed for doing it in a really crappy situation. And he's been really bad so far this year. So like, you know, th- this is the perfect storm of things that could have gone wrong for Luis Robert. A- and it happened.
1: Yeah. And I think that it, you know, if nothing else, like, let's make an example and I'll be honest with you. Like who's is, is, is Gr- Griff falls the manager in, in Kansas city?
0: No grief falls the manager with the white Sox.
1: Okay. I thought, th- okay. I was right there. Um, grief all like that's an opportunity for grief all to set an example and, and you know i that doesn't mean that you you know absolutely wear the guy a new one whatever but you set an example to the rest of your team and if nothing else your message is look guys even if we're not winning we're not going to be known for this you know and, and i think that's a that's a change your mindset if nothing else and you know they're going to get some relievers back pretty soon too. That team's not going to be in a bad spot, especially just because they're in the Central.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Um, this was good. We did what positive surprise with Pittsburgh. We did negative surprise with the White Sox, and we did Bryce Harper. So give
1: me, yeah, give me a give me your like, give me a player. You got a player surprise of the first half.
0: Um, that's a good question. I mean, like, Sawitzki is obviously incredibly surprising on my end. Um, that's tough. I mean, Kelnick. Like, Kelnick's kind of the story of the season at this point. Yeah. You're fist pumping.
1: I took him.
0: I yeah, took I know you out. I know you did. You took him in the redraft. K- Kelnick is a, a guy that I thought was on his last legs in Seattle. Like, obviously, Jared Kelnick is a – yeah.
1: He was sure in his last legs in Seattle. I think the question mark, and I don't think you were wrong in wondering this, is was the sample size big enough to make a decision?
0: Yeah, and that was going to be my worry. If he played a hundred games and stunk with Seattle, but was great in Tacoma, you start to run into the Joe Adele situation, where Adele like might just never put it together at the big league level, at least with the Angels. And Adele's kind of stuck in th- this weird middle ground where he's an excellent AAA ball player. But he's probably not number one on the totem pole of guys to go up and help the Angels win. I was worried that was I was worried that was the situation that Kelnick was going to get into.
1: No, I I uh, I I don't blame you there, especially with with Adele. And honestly, my guess I haven't looked at the reports, but my guess is that the scattering reports on those two are probably pretty similar because I believe Kelnick's a really good athlete. Do you think it's uh, spin
0: the crap out of him? Huh? Do you think it's just spin the crap out of him?
1: Out of out – of, no, no, no. When I meant scouting report, I meant like when scouts watched them, what oh, did they – um, I don't know the scouting report, actually. I don't remember. The, the scouting report on, on Adele, I believe, was like pretty standard, like fastballs up, off-speed down. Um But I'll tell you who's mine, and I don't think it's necessarily like a massive shock, but to the level that he's performing at, man, Sonny Gray – Sonny yeah. Gray is on another planet right now. Um, and I'm I like Sonny Gray. I've I've played against Sonny Gray for a long time, but um he's pitching like a number one, and that rotation needs that.
0: Dude, Pablo Lopez was throwing like a one too. I, I they had a they had several guys that were elevating, and what we said on the just baseball show was it feels like they have five number three starters in that rotation.
1: We said somebody that I think one of ours
0: too. Yeah, and somebody needed to turn into a 2. Pablo Lopez like looks like a 2 and Sonny Gray looks like a 1, which is yep. so cool.
1: And you got Joe Ryan who absolutely can be a 3. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you've got a decent shortstop, so.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Damn, man. All right, love it. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Cool.
1: Sick.